Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are ours and ours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick. I'm Paul D. I'm Paul W. And I'm Chris R. Chris R. And it's not just the four of us today. We do have an additional guest. No Craig. So again, if you if you want to listen to Craig, switch off. But we have a guest who's better than Craig anyway. Um, can you please reveal yourself? Sure thing. It's uh, Tony Cortese of Silver Pin Studios. And the soon-to-be-released uh, documentary, The Dreamfinders. Wow. Another, yes, another big gun. We just keep aiming them up and firing them down. We're doing good. <laughs> um, what we'd like to do, uh, Anthony, is we do like to uh, start the show with a drink. So um, if you've got one, great. If not, we'll pass this around. Um, right. So uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I've got a bottle of Hairy Pig Classic Cider Hairy Pig? Uh, Hairy Pig, yeah oh. And uh, Disney Connection is the Hairy Pig Cheers Okay, Mr Washington uh, I'm on the last of the Fruity Cider So I'm going to have to go and do a uh, beer run soon <gasps> <laughs> Well I'm sitting here in Disney's Hollywood Studios, and I just got myself an ice cold beer, and I'm sitting down with my feet up, right outside the entrance to Rock and Roller Coaster. So I, I can't complain right now. One of my preferred locations. Uh, I have a beer as well. Um, I have a Goose Island Indian Pale Ale. So Ooh. cheers, everybody. Hang on. There we go. <laughs> I had to move that away from the computer, otherwise it was going to mess things up. Um, Chris this, is, drinking... this, this is not your normal Disney podcast, is it? No. 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 Sorry, no. we apologise. We apologise in advance. Uh, Mr. Ripley. Oh, I'm bringing up the rear. I'm, I'm just the designated driver, so I'm, I've got a cup of Rosie Lee. Holy cow. That is fruity. Yeah. And it's 5.9%, so it's also pretty strong. But more importantly, it's fruity. Right. Um, so, uh, sorry, is it Anthony? Is it Tony? Uh, it's, you could, Tony's fine. Like, well, whatever you prefer. But um, so you you have already told us uh, the two the two big things. One, the fantastic documentary you're behind. But secondly, the fact that you're in uh, one of the greatest places on earth. Um, so I think you know for our listeners that may not know too much about the documentary, and more importantly, yourself as a person, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure thing. Well, I mean, I think like many of us, uh, I've been a Disney fan, uh, you know, for most of my life and, uh, you know, came here many times as a kid, but it really wasn't until most recently, I would say, um, you know, the, I would say the last maybe 10 years when I started taking my daughter as, uh, you know, when she turned, uh, I think it was, uh, 10 or 11 years old was the first time her and I went together, uh, was when, you know, the bug really began to, um, uh, begin to manifest itself within me i've uh, i've always been a um creative type of individual i've been involved in uh my career uh as a filmmaker didn't always start as a filmmaker it started uh in web uh, web design and kind of evolved uh creatively into filmmaking and uh, as i began to really begin to enjoy uh you know what walt disney world was all about and really begin to see that it was more than just way more than just a place for kids um was uh was when my interest in uh in this documentary uh the dream finders which were uh, uh very nearly getting ready to release uh, may uh, uh 15th uh has been uh something that has uh, kind of uh, been very close to my heart and um and, uh, you know, it's something that I've always kind of in the last few years have been kind of kind of dreaming about doing, really telling the story of what 
what is Disney magic and um, and what is it that draws so many people uh, not only people vacationing but people who come down to live in Central Florida to be close to the Disney parks you know what is what is it that that causes that to happen um, and uh, when I started this project I never thought in a million years that I would be one of the people uh, who would actually be moving to Central Florida and I talked to you guys uh, literally uh, three days uh, after arriving here in Florida after driving from New York City uh, I am now a uh, I, have, I don't even have a place to live yet literally I drove down here three days ago from New York and arrived here I'm staying with my cousin who lives in Celebration which if you guys uh, don't know what Celebration is it's oh, a do. Disney okay yeah, cool um, it's always kind of been a fascination of mine you know this town of Celebration you know uh, originally built by Disney though Disney does not own Celebration anymore uh, though they do have um, members of the Disney executive team who sit on the board of directors uh, of the community of Celebration to ensure that it stays true to what the original uh, ideology of what the town of Celebration was supposed to be, and that is to be a uh, a town of community, uh, which is kind of what Dis Walt Disney's uh, original kind of dream of what Walt Disney World was was going to be. So here I stand, uh, no home, no car, uh, just uh, my uh, endeavors and my dreams until I find a place to live. But I am. Uh, Closing in on, on moving into the town of Celebration and being a permanent Florida resident, and I can't even tell you how absolutely thrilled and elated I am uh, to uh, to be part of this community now. And and, I, and on the uh, heels of uh, my documentary to be released on, you know, on folks who actually do just that. It's uh, just amazing to me that I, I never imagined that I would be one at the end of this uh, run. We've been working on this for about two years. Um, what, what a great end, uh, you know, to the, to the story. And here I stand, uh, ready to start my new adventure, uh, as a, uh, as part of the Disney community. So, well, I, so. You know, I, I could, I could honestly end this podcast episode now and be <laughs> satisfied with it. I mean, that was amazing. That, that, that story in, you know, three or four minutes of, of you is, is phenomenal. It's incredible to me, too, because I never, it's something that I've always dreamed about. You know, uh, I worked in New York City for a major web company. Uh, I've worked uh, in web design, I think I told you guys, for uh, the last 20 years of my career, but really have been, you know, living in Connecticut, working, uh, commuting back and forth in and out of New York City. And, uh, you know, New York City is a terrific place. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place to visit. But when you're commuting in and out of there every day, it's it's very very uh, trying. It's difficult. It's a, it's it's like, for lack of a better term, it's a grind. And you know, just dreaming about you know how amazing would it be to come down and, and actually live down here in Walt Disney World. Um, and uh, you know, I, I when I was I, I was in the military service in my younger years, and I, I, they stationed me in Hawaii uh, of all places. And after I left Hawaii, I had really no tolerance for the cold weather. And uh, as uh, I'm sure you guys know, New York City is uh, it, it's not the warmest place in the wintertime. It could be very brutal, uh, brutally cold. And um, just knowing here that I am down here in Orlando right now, uh, literally on my third day after uh, driving down, that, um, you know, I, I'm not thinking about going back to New York. I'm thinking about, you know, getting that house so I can start my life down here again. Uh, and it's just absolutely thrilling to be to be doing that um i've gotten so much support from my family and friends uh you know it was a big move big 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 move uh it's not something that happened you know overnight uh but at some point i had to make the decision am i going to do this or am i not going to do this and you know when when all the stars are aligned and all the pieces are falling into place without you trying that's the universe kind of telling you now's the time and and that's that's where i'm at right now and Tony, would you say the move was inspired by the movie then, or the, the documentary? It absolutely was uh, 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 facilitated by it. I don't know that I would uh, have been in that really committed mindset had I not been on the cusp of um, you know uh, releasing this documentary and have had so much incredible um, 
uh, you know, positive response from from the Disney community. Uh, you know, it's again, it's something that I've always dreamed about doing. I mean, I, I I'm an annual pass holder. I come, I had come down here probably five or six times a year. I was spending, you know, pretty much all of my uh, spending money uh, outside of uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, living expenses and so forth coming down to Florida to vacation down in Walt Disney World and um, I just always dreamed of you know what would it be like if I was down here and I can and I didn't have to go back to New York you know and I can just kind of stay down here and and continue curating my passion uh, which my passion now is really filmmaking and I mean you know look when you're down here there is nothing there's always something new going on it's a filmmaker's dream uh, I love to shoot time lapse. I love to, you know, the whole creative process of uh, what people, you know, families and 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 what how special of a moment. You know, people plan their whole lives to come down here, and they're lucky if they make it down here once or twice in a lifetime. And to be down here and to be able to come to the parks, you know, kind of whenever you want to, it's. Honestly, it really is a dream. I can't. It's it's surreal for me right now. It's really not even become a reality. I still, part of me is thinking, you know, when I have to get on the plane and head back to New York. But um, sitting here in the studios talking to you guys right now uh, is, is great, and I'm 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 really excited to uh, to be here. Well, I mean. I mean, so much. I mean, I'm not. I'm not really sure where to where to kind of even go from what you've said so far. <laughs> However, what I will say um, is that, of course, if you are interested in uh, a dream holiday, there is somebody you can speak to. Who's that? There is. And that's our friend Wendy at Magical Travels. Uh, sorry, Mag- really? Magical Journeys Travel. Dot com. She's one of our sponsors. So what I did there was take t- took a really good um, uh, bit of audio from yourself and turn that into a lead into my advert. Um, seamless, absolutely seamless. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just I, I don't know how say. I do it. I don't know how hey, I do it. Call you. We don't. We don't uh, have. You guys are clever, clever, we clever. We don't have segways in the UK. <laughs> We're not allowed them. Um, but it is definitely our, our version of a segue. Um, and if you have been inspired by what you've just heard just then and want to visit uh, Disney World, um, then there's no better person to speak to, in our opinion, of course, than Wendy, um, who you can find at WPMagicJourneys.com or on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys. And, uh, of course, mention Disaster Dark when you speak to her, uh, and she'll love you for it, and give you $25 off your deposit. So there you go, Wendy at Magical Journeys. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's a segue, and now we go back into it. I think we've, right. we've talked before about celebration on this show. Um, ha- have we all been to celebration? Uh, yeah, been there. Yeah. Visited Paul, it. Paul, Chris, you been there? Yeah, it, it reminds me a bit of the Truman Show from um, yeah. you know, the Jim Carrey film. Yeah, very, very Stepford Wives esque as well. You that know, it's so funny. Event. It's so funny you say that because that was the first thought that I, that went into my head, the first time I drove through Celebration was it's, it's like a perfect community, you know, mm. as the Truman Show uh, is, you know, like they do in the Magic Kingdom in um, in uh, Christmas time, uh, Celebration does snow. In downtown celebration uh, for Christmas, they ship in uh, uh, busloads of, of kids for Halloween to trick or treat in town. Uh, in autumn, they they have the leaves fall off the trees. I mean, it is just. I mean, I've not I've not seen or experienced any of this because I've only been down here for a few days. But just knowing that that's what I have to look forward to is is just really tremendous. I. I, I you know, and 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 you know, Central Florida is vast. It's a it's a relatively big place, and um, some of the neighborhoods aren't the greatest neighborhoods, and some are better than others. Um, but my goal was moving down here was I wanted to be as close to the Disney parks as possible, and uh, you know, based on some of the places that uh, I I'm hoping that you know I'll be living in the town of celebration is i'll be about 10 minutes from the magic kingdom hop in the car and i'll be there and and what a thrill that that is it really is um i i think about how you know the the different types of 
creative outlets I'll have just to be down here. You know, I love shooting time lapse, so you'll see a lot of the time lapse in the in the documentary. And uh, you know, most of what I've shot is uh, it's just beautiful, but. I've always thought to myself, it would be great to wake up in the morning and to say, "Oh yeah, the clouds look great today. I should, uh, I should be able, I should go over to you know Epcot and and shoot some time lapse of, uh, of you know whatever, uh, just because the the conditions, the weather conditions are great, and to be able to have that flexibility is is, is just it's just so exciting. I, I can't I, I can't say enough about it. It's uh, it's scary. It's exciting. It's uh, it's a place that uh, that people dream of coming and. Uh, and I'm here, and I can't wait for you guys to uh, to see what I've done uh, with this documentary because uh, I, I think it's going to touch the hearts of a lot of people. It's really about the Disney community. It's about the Disney magic. It's about what is so attractive. Why is this place so attractive? I mean, why are we grown adults drawn to this place? Uh, and it's because everyone is so excited here all the time it's this it's it's almost like a like a drug you know when you walk into the magic kingdom when you walk into epcot that wave of energy that hits you um and it's just something that you can't find anywhere else and this is a lot of what we try to figure out in the documentary talking to a lot of different people and talking to a lot of the bloggers and podcasters that uh, that we were uh, involved with, um, and uh, you know, we tried to figure out what what is it. Can we put our finger on one thing that really is the, you know, the magic bullet that causes people to want to kind of just stop what they're doing and 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 you know, uproot and come down here. Uh, and and I think that's it in a nutshell. Uh, it's the energy. It's such a an enormous group of positive energy when you walk into these parks. It's, it's infectious, and, and everybody wants to be here. So, Tony, what, what was the original um, kind of thing that sparked the idea for the documentary? Where did, it, where did it all begin? Well, I have to say, you know, when I came with my daughter all the time when she was, uh, when I started taking her when she was uh, 10 or 11 years old, uh, as a creative type, I was always paying attention to the small details and, uh, you know, when I would go with her, I wasn't really able to focus on so many of those things because, you know, I was too busy on, you know, you know, doing what she wanted to do. And, and you know, it was all kind of all about her uh, when we would come. And uh, over time, I would just pay attention. You know, I, I see things in, um, in, in kind of video clips. I see transitions as I'm walking through the parks. I see something that that looks like it would really look beautiful on film and i wasn't able to really act on those uh ideas because you know i was with her and not for any you know i mean it was you know being with her was really kind of what helped fuel my um my passion for this and it came to the point where you know when she was in and you know senior in high school uh you know she couldn't really take the time off like we used to i mean it was different you know when you could take the kids down there when they're in like fourth grade it's like you could you can take them out of school for a couple of days it's not a big deal as they get older it's not as easy to do that uh so as as she kind of you know i mean and she she's i mean look she's down here right now she works she's part of the disney college program we can talk about that but there was a period when you know she lost a little bit of interest and i was my interest was was really being fueled so I started coming down here by myself with, with my camera gear, and I started really acting on all of those ideas that I had over those years, you know, taking shots, certain types of, you know, time lapses in Cinderella Castle and around the Disney parks. And I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to see the, uh, the Day in the Life of Walt Disney World time lapse that I did. Uh, uh, it's on YouTube. It's uh, gotten a tremendous... Um, tremendous uh, uh web traffic it's almost i think it's a, over a half a million views at this point and uh it was when I, I i went down there for a week by myself and i just shot time lapse all week it was like i acted on all of these ideas and dreams that i had over the years and and when i saw the the um type of response that i was getting from 
the people in the Disney community, that was what kind of said, okay, you know, now is the time to do this documentary that you've had buried in the back of your head. Um, and I had, you know, like most Disney fans, uh, you know, Disney super fans, if you will, uh, have, um, you know, been on uh, many of the, the, the Disney podcasts. So, you know, I, I'm on InsideTheMagic.net. I used to listen to Ricky Briganti's podcast all the time. The Disney theme park blogs and so on and so forth. And I started reaching out to some of these folks like Ricky Briganti, John Sicari, Big Fat Panda, uh, Lou Mangiello. And these are people who are very, very embedded in the Disney community. And I reached out to them and really wanted to get their story about what what you know? What brought them down here? Uh, you know how how did you guys make it down here? And and how do you how can you live down here? I mean, what do you, how do you generate you know money to live down here by just doing a podcast? And um, you know, I found out that you know the money will come when you when you focus your passion in something that you really enjoy doing. And they're all very successful, and they're all very happy, and they live down here just like I now live down here. And uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing to see how you know how their ideas turned into something that you know like you know the, their whole the community that follows them and that follows you guys you know they just want a taste of the Disney parks. These are people like yourselves, or you guys are in the UK. You know, I mean, people want to feel like they're in the parks. They just want a taste of it in any way that they could grab it. And that is kind of what we're doing, you know, where we want to be able to give people a taste of the parks. It was very important to me to make this documentary very cinematic. It, it had to be visually beautiful. I wanted people to understand, even non-Disney fans, people who didn't really understand Disney. I wanted them to understand, to see through cinematic, you know, video that wow this is really something special you know this is i i kind of get it now why why these people want to be down here uh and that's a lot of what i brought into this thing so it's um it's been a long time coming but it's um it's it's something that uh didn't happen easily but here we are so tony did did, did you have to work with disney to get this made or mm. I couldn't, Disney doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody other than Disney, really, unless you have somebody, something to offer them. Uh, they really don't, I mean, you know, they understand, you know, look, we're an outlet uh, for the Disney community, but, you know, like originally what I wanted to do was interview, you know, like um, legacy cast members and get their, get their stories. Um, and they just... I mean, I went through all of the, you know, loopholes, uh, and they just did not want to really have anything to do with me. They do, they're very aware of this project. They know, uh, because I was, you know, I went back and forth with them for a while on trying to get, uh, access to some of their legacy cast members, you know, legacy being the, the members, cast members who have been here for 30 plus years, the ones who could really, you know, you know, you're working for the company for 30 years that, you know, you must have something really important to say and um and and they were very protective and 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 rightly so i mean this is a very i mean there is no other brand uh that i can think of other than maybe apple uh that is so protective of its brand um and the disney brand is something that is uh it's so unique as i'm sure you guys know uh so you know i had to kind of switch directions when i realized that they really weren't going to let me go and interview i mean they don't know really who i am I'm not, you know, National Geographic or the Discovery Channel. So, um, you know, I had to be creative. So I, I reached out to, uh, you know, the bloggers and the podcasters who are truly embedded within the Disney community. And um, also got um, um, Ron Schneider, who was the original Dreamfinder uh, for, for uh, the journey uh, into imagination, Figment's journey into imagination. Uh, and that's kind of how I came up with the title dream finders and uh, he is the original dream finder and uh it's just really really breathtaking to hear some of his insight to uh to disney and what makes it so special i'm just so excited for you guys to 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 get a piece of that 
Now, I just need to, uh, to just stop you there just a second, uh, Tony, because I um, just need to do another pause for the calls. And uh, Mr. Washington, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you if you've been paying attention to uh, the podcast so far tonight. Um, where is Tony right now? Hollywood Studios. Uh, where's Hollywood Studios? In Orlando. Uh, as part of what? Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World. And is he? Where is he? Is he there right now? He is. Right today. He's there, he's there today. <gasps> yeah. Well, that leads us very nicely onto our second sponsor, <laughs> the amazing I didn't podcast see that known as WDW Today. <laughs> The longest-running Disney Parks podcast of over 10 years and nearly 15,000 episodes. And for those like me, where the day we're recording this, uh, Sunday the 3rd of April, is uh, the most holy day of the year, WrestleMania Sunday, uh, they've just dropped a new episode starring Eric Bischoff, which will will make sense about two people that listen to this podcast. But either one, I'm very excited. Um, so if you don't listen already, then please yeah, download WWW Today. Find them on iTunes or www.today.com. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I, Nick, I spoke to Logan earlier. You spoke to Logan earlier? Mm. What did he say? Pump. Hello, you guys there? Yes. We had a little okay. bit of interference, I think. Yes, there was a little bit. I think when more than one person are talking at once, it gets hard to hear. Uh, okay. Uh, Chris, what was you saying? I was saying I spoke to Logan uh, the other day, and he said that because we're the UK's number one Disney podcast... <gasps> we are! He's, he's listening. Wow, congratulations, guys. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yes, sorry, Chris. I say his his actual listening figures have gone up. So how about that? Wow. What greater advert for either podcast uh, than that? And actually we'll we'll give uh, we'll give you an update on our figures a bit later on. Um, but at the same time I, I'm I'm still so transfixed with with the documentary and Tony's story especially. Um, Tony, one question I've got to ask about um, you looking to celebration. I mean I can understand, um, you know, wanting to go to Celebration because of the the history, the, the Disney connection, the, the, the locale, uh, the, the Truman Show-like nature of the place. Um, but I do have to ask, did the, uh, the, the yearly pie festival, uh, the world-renowned one, have any influence on your decision? <laughs> the year, I'm sorry, it was the yearly what festival? A pie. Pie. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, well, get get tonight. There you go. Treats in store. Maybe you guys can school me a little bit. No, not really. But um, uh, it's it's apparently very very good. But so uh, you know, if you're going to make yourself an only uh, celebration, you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself on your lack of pie knowledge. Uh, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not following what you guys are asking. No, I. Um, it, it's fine. It's, it's mostly nonsensical. Um, so with with the dream fund, you've mentioned um, few people that you uh, you've got to be involved with this project. Um, was there anyone in particular whose story really stood out and, and maybe had more of an influence on your current change than than maybe somebody else? Well, I have to say, you know, out of everyone. Uh, in in the group of people who were the primary subjects of, of the of the documentary, uh, Panda uh, John Sakari um, was the he was the first guy that I reached out to, uh, you know, and he is truly down here. I mean, everyone's down here because they love it, but he is down here because he, um, you know, he just he just wanted to be part of. The, he is a true Disney fan. When I tell you. Um, and he was the one who kind of connected me with Lou Mangiello and Ricky Briganti and Ron Schneider. You know, he said, hey, you know, you might want to take a look at Ron Schneider. And, hey, you might want to take a look at Ricky. And, you know, those these guys d- didn't know me and John didn't know me. But John, you know, Panda is the type of guy who, uh, you know, when you talk to him, you immediately he's his personality is very infectious. 
when you talk to him, you can you just you just feel his positive energy. Uh, and he was kind of the one who you know was the facilitator in coordinating the other folks who were were in the documentary and kind of validating me to them. Um, and you know, really, if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure that the documentary would be what it is just because you know he had those relationships already. I was reaching out to people I'd been listening to on the internet, you know, inside the magic and Lou Mangello's WDW radio. Uh, and these are folks who, you know, we all kind of know and listen to, but to be able to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I, I'm, I want to film you for a documentary. Uh, they don't really know me, but John really didn't know me either. Panda didn't know me, but he, he just believed in what I was trying to do. And he was able to, uh, he was able to, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, convince the others that this was something that's that was going to be worth their time. And thank goodness they did, because, uh, you know, when I look back at what I've got, um, it's it, it is exactly what I wanted it to be. It's the story that I wanted it to be. It has the visual cinematic beauty that I wanted it to be. And it and it, and it tells the story of the passion of people who come down because they want to be close to the Disney parks. Walt Disney always wanted this place to be a place of community. That was his, that was his big thing. You know, everything about what he was dreaming Walt Disney world to being poor guy, never got a chance to see it, but you know, his, his passion for what this place was supposed to be was so big that when we come down here now, we, it, you know, it's turned into something. It's it. Re there really is a living, breathing community of people. Uh, you know, you come down here, you'll you'll never be alone. There'll always be somebody to talk to. You'll always find a friend, and it's not too hard to be able to get hooked up into you know the community of people who are down here. They're everywhere, and uh, you know, if it wasn't for John for Panda, I'm not sure that this uh, documentary would be what it is today i mean it would be in some capacity but i really wanted to be able to connect with people who followed their dreams to come down here you know followed their dreams to be to do what what they wanted to do i mean lou mangello was a lawyer right he was a he was a um uh, chief technology officer for a medical imaging company he was married he had children he picked up his stuff and his wife believed in what he wanted to do and he came down to Florida. It sounds crazy. His friends must have thought he was nuts. Uh, but uh, but he did it. And now he's one of the most successful, uh, you know, podcasters down here. So Yeah, we're definitely doing something wrong on this show. Because, uh, I mean, guys, I don't know if you've looked at your recent Disaster Dark uh, pay slip. But mine's looking quite bare. Mm. So, well, you didn't get the you you guys didn't get the check this week? Not yet, no, not yet, not no. yet. Oh, okay. No. Should be there any day. Should be there any day. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll look forward to receiving. Good, I've already spent it. Now, Tony. I mean, when anyone takes on a project like a film, like a documentary, um, I imagine that you you reach out to so many people. Uh, to ask for their involvement. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I understand our uh, invite lost in the email space, but um, was there any uh, major names that you had really um, hoped to, to try and get for the documentary that you weren't able to? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I could tell you straight up, there was two guys that I wanted to be in this documentary, and I couldn't do it without the permission of Disney, and this is why I kind of went through all the loopholes that I did. Uh, there was a gentleman that I met um, at the restaurant in the Polynesian Resort. Uh, if you guys have uh, know of a restaurant by the name of Ohana, one of the right, one of the most famous restaurants within Disney. Um, there was a gentleman I met one night at dinner. He was a legacy cast member. He'd been there for 35 years. The guy's name was Cliff. And he, he was my server one night, and he told me that he'd been there for 35 years, and he served Walt Disney's wife and children. Uh, and he had conversations with them. I mean, 35 years is a long time, you know, especially working for the Disney company. When I met him, I instantly knew, I said, I, gotta, I need to get this guy in this documentary. It was him, and then there was another person who is the ragtime piano player 
on Main Street at Casey's Corner in the Magic Kingdom. His name is Jim Omohundro. And Jim also is a legacy um, cast member. And, uh, you know, when you hear Jim play, first of all, he's got the fastest piano chops you'll ever hear. He's very, very talented. But he just exudes Disney magic. I mean, he is Disney magic. And I said to myself, if I could get him to talk about Disney magic, that would be that would really be the icing on the cake. And I, I, I went through loophole after loophole, uh, but Disney would just really didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, they're so protective. They just do not really want anyone doing anything, you know, with regard to some of their brand, their cast members, unless they have the control. And I would have been happy, honestly, to give them a portion of the control just so I could get them on camera. Uh, but, you know, if you ask me if I had any regrets, I would definitely say the only regrets I have, and this is this is not anything that I did wrong. It was just, this is just how Disney operates. Uh, they don't let anybody interview their cast members, you know, unless you're National Geographic or something like that, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I wish I was able to get some of those legacy cast members to talk about the Disney magic, but uh, we, we, I think we hit the nail right on the head and, and, uh, I'll be excited for you guys to, to tell me what you think when you, when you get a chance to see the, the, the documentary. And I know you mentioned it earlier, but if you could just, uh, tell our listeners, um, again, the actual release platform um, of the documentary. So we're releasing, um, on, uh, VHX.com, uh, which is a, a very high quality, uh, streaming platform. Uh, we're also going to be offering uh, DVD. I'm still trying to kind of work through that because, you know, the VHX platform doesn't support, um, you know, selling uh, DVDs, but we're working with a third party right now to do that. The release date's going to be May 15th. You'll be able to go to dreamfindersmovie.com. Uh, that's dreamfindersmovie.com. And uh, that will redirect you to the VHX platform where you will be able to pre-order the movie uh, for $9.99. We actually have a promo code that I'd like to offer to your listeners, uh, which is New Year 2016. So if you go to the website and you want to pre-order the movie and you plug in the promo code New Year 2016, you'll get a buck off of the, uh, of the, of the documentary. Uh, and you'll get a really high-quality streaming, uh, online streaming experience. Uh, and we, we will, at some point, offer, uh, you know, an outlet so that, uh, uh, you know, viewers can, can order the DVD, which, you know, I mean, if you're watching it on DVD, you know, the, the quality, I'm sure, will be a little bit better than it will be streaming. I mean, the VHX does about as good of a job as you could stream online. They're very, very high quality. So, and this is, again something that was very important to me i needed to convey you know when you're walking through the disney parks those visuals those primary colors those beautiful panoramas that you see as you're walking through a disney park it was important for me to capture that so that the story of what disney magic is really was able to hit home not only to big disney fans but to people who are not necessarily disney fans people who just don't get it you know, what is the attraction? You know, why do you, it's just another amusement park. No, no, no. It's not just another amusement park. It's a state of mind. You walk into this place, it's a state of mind. You know, you immediately become part of the show. That's what Walt Disney wanted. That's why, you know, when you're walking through the park, that's considered being on stage. You know, they call the cast members cast members for a reason. They're part of the cast. They're part of the show. And you're part of the show. When you come in here, you're part of the show, and uh, and that's that's kind of what we wanted to convey. No, I just wanted to double check because I'm sure I heard you correctly, but I just need to double check on something. So you're saying for for the listeners of this podcast, for just eight dollars ninety nine, they got they get a, a whole documentary, not half a documentary. This isn't like part one. They get the whole documentary for eight ninety nine. That that's that's absolutely right. The running time is approximately an hour, and uh, I want to say it's about an hour and fifteen minutes, uh, give or take a minute or two. Um, and for eight ninety nine, using the promo code New Year two thousand sixteen, 
uh, you can pre-order and we'll be able to view it uh, the day it's released on May 15th. Well, I, I've not had a bigger bargain this year. Except maybe that Tron PlayStation game that I was plugging yesterday on the, on the Facebook page. <laughs> but uh, but otherwise, I mean, I, I don't know anything that's probably going to give you that much enjoyment for that kind of value. So, um, well, well, I'm sold. Uh, I, I'm yeah. definitely going to be pre-ordering my copy tonight. Yep, looking forward to it. Yeah. Seen the trailer? I mean, I, I, have, have you guys seen the trailer? Yeah. 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 Seen the trailer. Looks great. Yeah. The trailer is great. You know, I, I really wanted to hold back a lot of the really special time-lapse sequences. Uh, I just want to also make sure that everybody knows that, you know, just like you guys, uh, you know, this podcast is made possible by a sponsor of yours. Uh, you know, we had a Kickstarter campaign. We raised uh, a pretty decent amount of money. But my primary sponsor is um, uh, MEI Travel, Mouse Fan Travel, and uh, Becky of Mouse Fan was uh, really instrumental in helping me gain access to some of the, uh, you know, some of the incredible views, like particularly in the Contemporary Resort. I was able to spend a few nights uh, in a Magic Kingdom theme park view at the Contemporary to shoot some absolutely epic time lapses of uh, sunrises over the Magic Kingdom, sunsets over the Magic Kingdom, you know, in time-lapse format. Uh, and, you know, I think those things are what's going to really, uh, you know, kind of raise some eyebrows. Uh, it's important to me, again, to have those uh, really beautiful cinematic shots uh, where you can see the beauty. Because that's part of what is the attraction here, right? It's This place is beautiful to look at. I mean, it's, it's designed with every I dotted, every T crossed. It's made that it's made like that for a reason. You know, the purpose of this place is to be it's just a beautiful place to look at. It's a beautiful place to listen to. And, um, you know, music is a big part of it, too. And we have some really terrific music that uh, is going to accompany some of the the beautiful cinematic shots and some of the stories that we tell um, about, uh, you know, finding your passion and coming down to Walt Disney World and, and just uh, being part of the Disney community. And Tony, so was most of the uh, actual documentary shot in the parks then? Uh, it was almost primarily shot in the parks. Yes, uh, we interviewed in the parks and then uh, we followed um, our, uh, our subjects around for uh, three days in the parks. We watched the fireworks. We had fan sightings we talked about uh what makes this place uh, so special i mean you see that you basically you see the people who live here in their element and experiencing what they do uh you know as their kind of daily lives of living in walt disney world uh and we we follow them around and we you see everything from from morning to night three three full days of morning to night and everything that we did during that time and then we have impromptu interviews and sit down interviews where we're really digging into to what makes them tick and why they followed their dreams to come here yeah sounds great yeah i mean i i can't wait i mean luckily we haven't got too long to go just over a month or so before the um the release of that documentary but um, no i mean I think, it sounds, uh, I think it sounds brilliant. You guys are going to love it. You guys are going to love it. I did this for you guys, but it was also, again, very important that I wanted to, because, you know, like all of us, I think people who are have a passion for Disney, uh, you know, people who don't have a passion for Disney or who may have come down here with their kids once or twice in their lives don't really get why this is such an attractive place. Why aren't you going to the Caribbean? Why don't you go to Brazil? Why don't you go to California? Well, I do. But, you know, this place offers everything. It's got the best entertainment. It's got the best service ever. And I've, I mean, I, I think I told you guys I lived and worked in New York City for many years. Nowhere else other than Disney offers the quality, the quality, the attention to detail in everything. There's nothing that is overlooked here. 
it's just incredible. And then when you go to, you know, when you go to anywhere else, it's just nothing could hold a candle to this place because Disney has done everything in their power to make this place as special as possible. That takes a lot of commitment. And, um, and a lot of people uh, have a hard time understanding what that means. I'm hoping that non-Disney fans will watch this and get a better understanding. That's I don't think, I mean, we've, we've talked about this kind of subject ourselves before. Um, and I think the thing is, I don't try and, and get people to understand. I, I don't see the point. Unless somebody wants to understand, but most people will turn around and say, you've been there before, why are you going there again? Or, or, or things of that nature. And I really believe you either get it or you don't. And that's it. If you believe in it, if you get that magic, it is in you. And if you don't, you don't. And you're not going to be able to convince people of that. And there's no point. But when it takes a hold of you, it really takes a hold of you. You have to be willing to let your guard down. You have to be willing to come in here and and just be a goofball if that's what you want to be. Uh, you know, Disney is about your memories. That is what this place is fueled on. It's your memories, the memories of your childhood. It's the memories of your childhood and then reliving those memories again with your family and your close friends and your loved ones. And, you know, it's the only place that you can run around and be a kid and 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 be respected for it you know and people come in here who don't get it uh i would say to them you know just uh you know just you know nobody's gonna look at you funny you know that's kind of part of what this what makes this place so special uh is uh you know just try to be a kid again and try to just you know that's what walt disney wanted right i mean he wanted a place he didn't like the fact that he uh i can't remember what the place was but he had brought his kids somewhere and he noticed that the adults were all sitting on park benches and the kids were all on the rides well he didn't like that he wanted the adults and the kids to be engaging together families engaging together and that's what you see here you know and it goes beyond well beyond that you know you take this place and you go you, there's groups of people and families and they're not afraid to just have a good time and act a fool and just you know, Disney has a great promotion called Show Your Disney Side. And that's true. It really is true. You know, how, how can, you know, what is your Disney side? Have some fun with it, you know. And this is, this is one of the only places that you could do that and, and really be embraced in doing that. Guys, we should do that. We should, uh, we should make a video showing our Disney side. Uh, well, Send it think, to Disney. I think Craig has done that before, actually. Yeah. But it was more of his Disney backside. <laughs> which, uh, which why it was never really uh never really funny what? yeah why yeah, yeah. That, that ended up on the cutting room floor <laughs> <laughs> ended up on someone's cutting room floor that's for sure um <laughs> uh, tony yeah, any on. plans for i know you're i know you've only just moved to florida so you've probably got a lot going on but um any any plans for future disney related projects that you could share or is it too early no i mean uh look now that i'm down here and i have the really i have more flexibility than ever i don't have to just kind of uh you know uh kind of cram everything into seven days i can really be selective uh you know i have so much stuff that i've shot that that you'll never see in the documentary itself but that i know have various other outlets so you can expect a follow-up to the Walt Disney World, the uh, Day in the Life of Walt Disney World time-lapse that I did. Uh, for sure, uh, a, a follow-up to that is, uh, is coming. Uh, and then uh, I'm not really sure what is going to be next. Uh, I just think the psychology of being down here is fascinating. Uh, you know, you can just go up and talk to anybody and nobody, you know, if you were on the subway in New York city, well, maybe that's not a great example. I met my, my wife on the 86th street subway in New York city. But, uh, if you, if you were, uh, walking on the subway in New York city and, and you just wanted to strike up a conversation with somebody, they'd be very defensive. You walk up here in, in your Walt Disney world and the person sitting next to you just strike up a conversation and they're ready to, they're ready to engage with you. They want to engage with you because they feel safe. They feel safe being here because they know that everyone has chosen to be here. You know, you're here for a reason. They know that that Disney magic is special. 
you know, I, I, when I was here younger, when, with my daughter, when she was younger, we, I can't tell you, we, we, it was just her and I, we would come. We met this family from South Africa. We, we, in, in, within five minutes, the girls, they had two kids. I had my daughter. Within five minutes, they were best friends, and we spent their whole week with them. And every time they come back to New York City, we always visited with them. So it's the kind of place where you can make friends instantly. Everybody knows it's okay. This is like the only place it's okay to really kind of have your guard down and to just uh, to welcome people into your personal space uh, because we're all here for the same reason, you know? Sure, sure. But if you do happen to strike up a conversation with a family from Liverpool and their name is Lucas, put yourself back on the New York subway. Act, <laughs> yeah. act defensively. Can I say I, I, I was reluctant to say I, I could I could hear that Liverpool accent. I could hear it. I didn't I wasn't sure, but uh, thank you for validating that for me. <laughs> you know, if you, if you, I mean Craig Craig is your stereotypical uh, scouser. Um, I mean he, his voice is unbelievable. Um, it's a shame you couldn't be here. It's a shame you couldn't be here. But yeah, if you ever hear anyone like that, it's just walk away. Walk away. You know, England is fine. Cockney, fake Essex boy voice. That's not too bad. Oh, you mean you mean like you mean like Dick Van Dyke's accent in uh, in Mary Poppins? Well, you know, you see me and you know I come from the same place that um, but the chimney sweep comes from. Uh, in Mary Poppins. So as you can tell, I, I, I mean, did you think when I first uh, spoke to you on this podcast, you're like, oh my God, I'm speaking to young Dick Van Dyke? Because I would, I could understand your confusion if that's what you thought when you first heard my voice. Um, I, I was a little, I was a little confused at first, but now, thank probably, goodness, you clarified yeah, that for me. Probably because I didn't ask if you wanted a chimney sweep, Governor. But you know, yeah. otherwise, otherwise, well, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke will be the first person to tell you that his Cockney accent was just absolutely horrible. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen him. Uh, I mean, the man is like 90, 91 years old. I think he's ninety. I think he's ninety-one or ninety-two. Yeah, yeah he just celebrated his birthday. And, yeah. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, even I saw that little dance he did at the uh, the Disney sixtieth anniversary. I, I wanted to ask you guys about that. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought when he got out there, and you know, he had those dancers on either side of him to make sure if he ever if he tripped or fell, you know, he would be caught. But did you see the grin on his face from oh, ear to ear? Yeah, I mean, and then somebody he, that's still a kid at heart, clearly. He is, let me tell you something, and you talk about Disney protecting their brand. They they protect him with, with everything they've got because he, and again, you know, even though he's not, you know, owned or connected by Disney, you know, in any way, shape, or form, he really is just the epitome of disney magic when you look at dick van dyke and like anybody who saw that special the disneyland 25th anniversary or uh, 50th uh anniversary special he he was just you could just see he was just elated to be there i just love dick van dyke no i mean he's great but i mean the thing is i think i think you made a good point there as well about disney uh, looking after him because we know that it's it's quite a recent thing of Disney really taking good care of him because um, there was a period of time when they, they didn't look after him very well um, and they, they kind of pushed him a bit to the sidelines and didn't really protect him. Um, but we did get seven seasons of Diagnosis Murder because of it. So, you know, beggars <laughs> and cheaters. Uh... <laughs> yeah, so there's, there are those things that we can that we can fall back on, absolutely, yes. <laughs> and as long as he doesn't literally fall back on any of them, that's, that's good news. Uh, of course, I jest. I mean, who doesn't like the, uh, the 90s? cop drama starring Dick Van Dyke and his sons. Uh, big fans. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap this up uh, shortly, but uh, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how uh, excited I am. And one thing that I, I did want to mention just in case, I mean, obviously you, you talked about, um, you know, I, I think more than most people that um, we've spoken to that have done documentaries or, or making films to do with Disney, you seem to have a very uh, artistic vision um, that really shines through than most people. And obviously that, 
he's not discrediting those directors and producers because obviously everyone has an artistic vision but with you I think it really is the visual element that, that comes through um, and I wondered if um, you know obviously Disney World is uh, is going to be your new home and, and you know it like the back of your hand but have you ever come over to Europe because um, you know I would I've done this before as well that um, Disneyland Paris's Main Street is possibly the most beautiful uh, in any of the parks I have never been to Europe though I my both sides of my family are from Italian descent uh, my uh, father is from Calabria in Italy my mother is from the region of Bari and I have never been to Europe and I'm sad to say that I haven't but um I have heard many beautiful things of Disneyland Paris. Um, I'm not exact. I mean, obviously, I've, I've only. I've, I mean, I was in Disneyland in California back in the '80s before Disney's California Adventure was even a, a thought, uh, and had only been here. So uh, I would. I mean, I just. I can't even imagine. I mean, I've only seen pictures of it, but you know, obviously, as as we all know, pictures never do justice. Uh, I, I always tell people when I'm when especially first timers who are watching the fireworks, try to get them to put their cameras down and just watch wishes, you know. Just watch the show. You know, you can take video later. Immerse yourself in that moment. You become the moment. Very important to do so. Uh, you know, I think we're very distracted by our devices. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine. And and you know, I'll find myself with my camera watching the fireworks, focused on something, and I am not in the moment. I don't even feel that magic, but as soon as I put that camera down and I allow myself to focus on what I'm watching, I, I immediately become immersed in that moment. And, you know, it's Disney knows how to tug on your heartstrings. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what buttons to push. And um, you don't feel that unless you're really paying attention. You know, I see everybody with their cell phones up. Just, if you've never seen the show before, just just wait until the next time you watch it. You know, for the first time you watch it, just watch it without your cell phone. And just, because your cell phone's never going to convey what, what you're looking at in real life anyway. So, um, that's that's kind of uh, a big pet peeve of mine. Well, anyone um, that, takes, uh, that takes pictures of the fireworks or... Um, any of the nighttime shows or video often you know I, i've done this myself looked back at those pictures afterwards and like wow that really doesn't capture it well at all like it just doesn't yeah and i mean the thing is you know you saw it how stunning it is um but like you say i mean in um in disneyland paris we have a show called Dreams, which is um, a projection map um, animation onto the castle, turning to all kinds of different things from different films and they play songs. And it's a beautiful show, probably, in, in my opinion, the greatest nighttime uh, spectacular at a park at the moment. But when I last went there, and it's a few years old now, so I'll, I'll give it that as well. But when we last went there earlier this year, the number of people that as soon as the, like as soon as the show started, the iPads went up. This is this is my big this is my big problem, uh, and you can't tell people not to do that because they, you know, like I mean, it's human nature. You want to capture what you're watching, but you haven't even seen it yet. So how can you even know? what it is that you trying to capture it's just part of the age of technology to want to do that and it's hard to tell somebody to do that you know when i was here with my when my wife and daughter came or when we were here dropping my daughter off to uh to the to the disney college program we didn't talk too much about that but she's she and i'm here at hollywood studios tonight because i'm gonna she gets done with work she's working in the back lot in merchandise as part of the program when we were here dropping her off, uh, you know, she, my, my wife had the camera, and she had really never been to Disney. She doesn't, she's not a big Disney fan, or not that she's not a big Disney fan, but she just doesn't see, she doesn't, she's not as passionate about it as I am. Yeah. And she, and I told her, I says, put your cell phone down, please, and just watch the show. She said, I'm watching it. She had the phone up in one hand, and she was watching it out of her, you know, one eye. And I said, okay, you, you're not going to get it. You know, you're just not going to get it. Cause, and I know this because a lot of times I'll be there with my camera and I'm 
focused on why is this thing not focusing i'm trying to focus i want to get this thing over here and all these beautiful things are happening around me and i'm and i'm not even i'm not even catching it you know and even though i've seen like wishes probably a hundred or more times uh when i'm there watching it i want to and i want to i want to i want to feel that magic you know that's what we're all here for and uh, a lot of times unless you're just really paying 100 percent attention you, you miss it you know and then you're missing it in the moment and then when you're looking at the video after it's just not it's just not happening so um I would love to go to Disneyland Paris. I would love to see what they're doing. I'd love to see what Shanghai Disney is doing, being that they're bleeding all the money out of uh, Florida right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they're just... They're... They can bleed all the money they want out of any user park, as far as I'm concerned. They've got a Tron roller coaster, and no one else has. So, therefore, they can do whatever the hell they like. Um, what, what do they have? What do they, what do they have over there? Uh, they've got a Tron light cycle roller coaster. Really? I have not. Oh, wow. Wow. See? See? Yeah. All right, I'm going. All right, you guys want to meet me there? I'll be there in 12 hours. <laughs> Don't go there just yet. We've, we've, we've still got about uh, 85 more days before it goes live. But uh, so, so, yeah. so, so, Tony, idea here for, I'm just going to throw you a pitch here for a really short video. And it's interviewing Tron fans. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a two-minute segment. Um, look, we could do it now. Look, you yeah. know what? <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to do this, right? You, like, <laughs> was it the last show that I confessed to almost crying like a little girl? The first one on Snow White's Crazy Adventure. Was it that the last show? Do they have that sure in, was, in yeah. Paris? Right, and this is this Tony. This is exactly the problem, right? Because one, this was when the park first opened. I'd never been to Disney Park before. I was nine years old. Secondly, Snow White's Scary Adventure wasn't called that in Paris. It was called something else in French. Thirdly, not only all of those things above, but also everything was in French. Therefore, the Queen was speaking to you in evil French. And oh I'm my nine god! Years old, and I freaked out. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Luckily, I mean, it's it's sc- it's sc- it's scary enough when the French speak, you know. And they nor- they're normally <laughs> shouting. But so that was that was the confession I did on, on the last show, right, to embarrass myself. Here's another one, people. Right? You talk you you for a very good jive there, Mister Dolan. I won't I won't disagree with you about interviewing the only Tron fan in the world. Someone's beating you to the Give punch. Resist. Someone's beating you to the punch. Edith no. Bowman. A fellow Scottish person actually did <laughs> interview me on the live webcast of the Tron Legacy premiere in Leicester Square in London back in no 2010. So there you go. So you interviewed me. I had to take off my Adidas Tron trainer and talk about it with her for four minutes. <laughs> and well, it just goes to show you next. Someone can find it. It just goes to show you there's no. I want to. I want to. I want to hear that. I want to hear that. (laughs) I I tell you what. I don't want to remember. I don't want to relive it. I've never been so cold in my life that day. I had to actually go out and buy some thermals. Ridiculous. But uh, yeah. So if anyone, well, I tell you what. um, Because we've got to wrap up in a minute, um, as I said. And uh, if anyone does find footage of me talking about Tron to Edith Bowman, they can let us know via email at our address, which is podcast at disafterdark.com, or they can uh, find us at www.disafterdark.com And we're on Facebook uh, at facebook.com forward slash disafterdark and we're on Twitter as well, so let us know if you've got that clip of Nick and his trainer. Yeah, and Tony, one more time, uh, if you could, yep. So if you visit dreamfindersmovie.com, that's www.dreamfindersmovie.com, and uh, you can pre-order the movie, which is due to release May 16th, or May 15th, rather. Uh, you can pre-order the movie, and if you use the promo code when you're pre-ordering uh, New Year 2016, that's New Year 2016, you'll get a buck off. So you get this uh, this this really heartfelt, passionate documentary about Disney magic and following your your passion uh, of Disney 
uh, for eight ninety nine. You know, for for barely uh, nine dollars. Uh, and it is uh, something that I think all Disney fans will really embrace. It's uh, something that I have been, um, it's been a huge labor of love. I, I can't tell you how many hours I have spent uh, just making sure everything is beautifully uh, presented. Uh, the cinematic value was very, very important to me. Uh, not only are we talking about the Disney magic and, and exploring some of these folks who came down here to, to live their passion, but I also wanted to make sure that people were able to visually kind of be immersed in that environment without actually being here. A lot of what the podcasters and the bloggers, uh, what their purpose is, is to make people feel like, you know, give them a little bit of, the, of a taste of being in the Disney parks, even though they can't be in the Disney parks because they're, they don't live down here. Um, and through some, you know, some incredible camera and, uh, and, and video shots that we put together, time lapse, we really wanted to be able to convey that sense of Disney magic and that beautiful, you know, when you walk, when you, it's like when, you know, when you first walk into the magic kingdom and you see Cinderella castle, I just wanted to try to somehow be able to convey how beautiful that is to people who, who know that feeling. And even to those who don't know that feeling who might be able to look at it and say, Oh wow. I didn't realize it was something as special as that. So that, that's what we're trying to do, and I think that everyone will be uh, be, be very pleasantly surprised uh, at how well it's done. I've been I've been really just uh, extremely uh, selective in, in in some of the shots that I'm featuring. It, it, everything just had to be perfect, and uh, and I think I think you guys are gonna gonna love it. Perfect. Well, I, I don't know any any place. Uh, we could end the show really but uh, Tony once again thank you so much for, uh, for sitting in a Disney park staring at Rock and Roller Coaster and actually not jumping into the queue and just talking to us so thank you very much well, uh, well I, 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 I hate I hate to rub I hate to rub it in but I have a fast pass for Rock and Roller Coaster right now so <laughs> and, 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 and Disneyland Paris fans as well so if, if anyone's going over to Disneyland Paris in the next uh, in the next few weeks or so after listening to this podcast and thinking, well, even I can go on Rock and Roller Coaster, well, here's a couple of things. One, I did it about three months, two months ago. Third, second, I've lost count. I'm drunk. Next, <laughs> it's actually closed until the 17th of June. So you I'm, I'm right be, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish that was true. Tony, uh, thank you so much. I mean obviously when this comes out we will be um you know promoting it again for you. Um cannot wait to see it and um hope it's a massive success that yeah, that, that that um word that's like successful that begins with an S successful, that's the one. Um thank you so much for joining us. Um Paul, Paul, Chris, thank you for coming on and joining me as well. Uh, dear listener, thank you for joining and hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And we will see you um, in a week's time because um, we're going to have the results for um, the next round of um, the results and some new ones. So uh, keep voting and uh, we'll come back to you in a week's time. Uh, thank you and good night. Bye. See you, guys. Thanks, Tony. Cheers.